Welcome back to Valerie's Variety Podcast, or V-Squared. Today's show is called Loco Parentis, Student versus Institution. Enjoy the episode. School Cases in Court. I'm going to highlight a few stories that have resonated with me over the last couple of months. I recently attended a safety discussion at my daughter's school. This discussion, once completed, brought a few other school names and how safety played a big role, along with the trust we put into the education system to keep our children safe. The amount of responsibility we put into these institutions, these teachers, without really realizing it. Local parentis, meaning the teachers take the place of the parent. Now, would a teacher dive in front of a bus to save your child? Maybe, but not likely. However, this does mean the teacher would protect the child from bullies, assist them in making the right decisions, and properly supporting them with risky maneuvers. They are in place of a parent at school or institutional setting, looking out for the best interest of the child, your child. Story 1 June 22, 1981. Myers v. Peel, Country Board of Education in Ontario. Arendale Secondary School, grades 9, 10, 11, 12, is part of the Peel District School Board. There had been a number of students in the gym during the regular scheduled physical education class. There was an adjacent room set up for gymnastics and the kids in this room were trained specifically for gymnastics using the equipment that was set up. Their usual teacher was away sick, and the substitute teacher in the main room and approximately 40 students at the peak time with class crossovers. One student trained in gymnastics asked if his friend, not trained, could play in the specialized room. There was approximately eight kids in this unsupervised room. Training for gymnastic maneuvers for grade marking. The student, untrained, proceeds to try out a gymnastics tactic on the rings and succeeded. Then he tried an exceptionally hard backflip dismount and landed improperly. Inadequate mats, inadequate spotters, inadequate supervision ensued. Due to the added disadvantage of poor training, he was severely injured and as a result became a quadriplegic by a broken neck. There was no teacher present, nor did the friend teach the kid what he needed to learn in the short amount of time to follow through with this exercise properly and safely. The trained friend didn't know what the untrained friend was about to try, so he couldn't A, warn the kid and B, provide proper spotting or support. During the court hearing, it was discussed that the trained student was 20% liable and the untrained, now severely disabled student was 80% liable. This is showing ownership is put on the person who committed the fault, torts negligence. Tort meaning suing for personal damages and negligence meaning no deliberate action, but fail to act as a reasonable person 
There was also discussion about the mats used. Were these significant to soften the landing and prevent the injury? No, it turns out. If a student supervisor had been in the room, would this have stopped the injury? Possibly by stopping the tactic move altogether. The discussion of prudent parent also was dissected. Let's walk through this. If a parent was in the gym and their son, knowing they hadn't been trained for this maneuver, wanted to test it, the parent would likely say no and or provide the proper spotters, trainers, and insight into this more diligently prior to the act taking place. In the end, the school was not found liable, but the students, appellants, were found at fault. Story number two, April 25th, 2008. R versus AM, and this is also in Ontario. St. Patrick's Catholic School. St. Patrick's Catholic High School located in Sarnia, Ontario. This high school's principal at the time had an agreement with local police to bring in drug sniffing dogs at random and convenient to the police service to search the school. The school had been known to have drug problems on the school property as well as off school property. This institution asked the question that the principal was onto something. The police did not have any knowledge of drugs being on the school at the time of the unscheduled search. Here's how the story went. All kids were in class. Some have left their backpacks in the gym, lined up along the wall. When the police showed up one random day, the principal at the time made an announcement that they were conducting a random police investigation and students should remain in their classrooms. The police started throughout the school, ending up in the gym, and the sniffer dog, Chief, immediately indicated to a backpack. The dog handler gave said backpack to another police officer and it was searched to find. Five bags of marijuana, a tin containing a further five bags of marijuana, a bag containing approximately 10 magic mushrooms, psilocybin, a bag containing a pipe, a lighter, rolling papers, and a roach clip. AM, the student's initials, his wallet, containing his identification was in the backpack. He was charged with possession for the purpose of trafficking marijuana and possession of mushrooms. The argument from the school side is that they were not involved in the investigation besides this announcement that was made to keep students inside the classrooms. The total investigation took one to two hours. This was during class time during the day at the school. This AM student was then charged. Could this have been handled another way? What about if the principal found this marijuana and drugs? Would it then be his or her responsibility to call the parents and have a meeting to review these items? Involve the police, perhaps? What if another student found the drugs and ratted the kid out to the authorities? AM student was brazen enough to bring his backpack to school full of drugs and his ID Good thing he had this on him. Then proceeded to leave this in the school gym unattended. If your child is attending this Catholic school, would you feel like this is an invasion of their privacy or all kids' privacy? 
Or would it be searching for the few that may get caught keeping the rest of the student population safe from drug dealers in the school? You know, a few innocent kids are made to feel uncomfortable for the whole of the population to be safe and not have drugs at the ready. I think he shouldn't have left his backpack unattended, like ever. This kid made a decision to bring illegal drugs into a school, a government institution, with intention to sell and use. He had papers, a roach clip, a lighter, with the rest of his stash. In the end, it was concluded that the principal in good faith acted in the best interest of the school and under the convenient timing of the police for the search. And the charges stood against AM with possession and trafficking on school property. Story number three, December 3rd, 1993. Bain versus Calgary Board of Education in Calgary. 25 years ago, this case was decided in the court. That put me right at the same age as the students in the story at the time the story was made. Where were you in 1993? Let's get some perspective around the story. That occurred in 1987. So a grade 11 teacher took five students on a forestry trip. The students convinced the teacher to allow them to climb a mountain. The teacher at the time told them to be back before dark, quote unquote. The student with friends proceeded to trek up the mountain, not in the plans and in an unfamiliar area, and one student fell, causing brain injury. The teacher-student relationship was breached when the teacher failed to accompany the students and supervise their endeavor. The teacher was found 75% to blame, and the student was 25% to blame. This is interesting as I remember being 16 and supervision by teachers wasn't as engaged as it is today. Kids were seen and not heard. Teachers weren't as fully trained in acting as a parent in the school institutional capacity as they are today. The student and his family were compensated almost six years after the incident. Why would this take so long? The damages far outweighed the questions surrounding the case. The next time you have to sign a form or a waiver for your child to attend an off-site event like Calgary Camp, sign a waiver form to absolve the entity like the City of Calgary or a Windsport or a recreational facility, sign it, don't sign it. It's your choice. This waiver could potentially be held up in court and scrutinized in all these cases. The fault or negligence was shared. Local parentis is one of the key deciding factors. When a teacher at the school is put into the position of caring for and supporting our kids, their students, when they, the teachers, do not have children of their own is an entirely different position for the teacher if they have kids. One will never know the feeling of having the utmost guttural sense of protection for this small person when it's not their own. We truly believe as parents that these teachers will do whatever is necessary to keep our kids safe, and we are most grateful for this. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show today. For those of you who have kids, nieces, nephews, and have attended an extracurricular activity and had had to sign a waiver, instead of dismissing this 
by signing, pay attention to what rights you are potentially signing away. Also, give that teacher an extra pat on the back to taking care of your small person in your absence every single day. If you have a story about a Calgary school teacher or school that you want to share with me, please do so and send me a note, email, or text to Valerie at ValerieMoss.ca and let me know. The intro and outro for this episode is recorded by London Moss. The theme music is Tascam 40 by Jason Schnell. And some garage band loops I've chosen today are School Bell Ringing, 80s Classic Lead Synth, Rose Slow Jam, Dogs Barking, Dogs Wine 01, and Clapping Crowd Studio 01. Thanks for listening. Visit ValerieMoss.ca for more information.